Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Uh, sitting here in constant prayer and concern over your the state of your health or lack thereof because uh, you sound terrible. I'll just be honest. You just sound awful. I sound terrible. I feel terrible. Um, I, I think the – Clinical diagnosis for what I have is the epizooties, but I'm not sure. It could, it could be cooties. Um, but my, my voice is about to go. But this is how we approach yeah. things here on the Locked On Network. We show up hurt, baby. Got to learn to play hurt Got in play, the SEC. Playing hurt. Got to play hurt. Uh, we'll have uh, Raekwon's playing hurt. Uh, Phil Mathis is playing hurt. Uh, we got a couple of dinged-up dudes. You're just joining the list. True. Have I ever told you the story about got to learn to play hurt in the SEC? You have not told me that story. And is this uh, is this a good use of the seven words you have left? I'll trust. I'll trust that it is. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I got to work these vocal cords somehow, so I might as well. But in 1992, when Alabama was playing in Arkansas, um, you know, and Alabama beat the hell out of them, a friend of uh, mine was at the game an older guy and uh, he was kind of close to the band and Alabama was scoring at a pretty rapid pace that game. And the band was sort of slow on the get off on one of the touchdowns. And my friend looked at the band. One of the band members said, what is wrong? He said, man, we've been scoring so much. I'm, I'm kind of getting tired. And my friend said, dude, you got to learn to play hurt in the SEC. This ain't going to work. So I, that's where it comes from. <laughs> All right. So you know Jimmy, what I remember today. about that game? You know what I remember about that game? Not just Bill that Clinton future president. Uh, yeah. Well, future president Bill Clinton was there. Uh, he was campaigning at the time. But no, what I remember is it might have been not necessarily the first catch, but Dabo Sweeney had a a big reception in that game early on. And I was watching the game in Tuscaloosa, and I'm, I'm, I was uh, acquaintances with Dabo, not friends, but I was a, acquaintances with Dabo when we were in school together. And there was a couple people in the room that were they were actually good friends with Dabo. And he, he caught a ball early in that game. I think it was like a third and ten, and he made a diving catch to keep a, a drive alive or something. And, uh, and, and we all went nuts because we were excited for Dabo. And, uh, boy, fast forward. Fast forward, what is this, uh, 30 years? Fast forward 30 years and look at the Dabo Alabama stuff now. He's knocked us out of a couple of national titles. That's true. And, you know, I don't – if I remember right, that game was not on TV. That was a night game, if I remember. And I bet it was, was pay-per-view. It pay-per-view? I'm pretty sure it, it was pay-per-view. I'm pretty good at remembering where I was. I was at a uh, – I was a first-year law student. I was at a friend's apartment in Tuscaloosa, uh, when uh, when we watched that game, so I remember watching. I remember where I was and even basically who was there. Uh, but yeah, I think it might have been pay per view, which is why you know twenty of us were crowded into a little college apartment. Um, speaking of Dabo, and another story before we get into predictions, when when Dabo was in between football jobs, when he was living here in Birmingham, where I am right now, um he played on a basketball pickup league team with me and he was the nicest, coolest guy. And at the time, I think he was selling real estate or something like that, but we have a mutual friend 
he couldn't have been any cooler and any nicer. And um, so fast, he's inducted to the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame and at the same time as Terrell Owens, who's from Lake City. And so I happened to be at that event because a friend of mine uh, had tickets and we all got to sit at the table with T.O. And um, so I, I went up to Dabo and, you know, remind him of that. He said, oh, yeah, I remember that perfectly. I mean, he he just he, – he's a, a genuinely good guy. Now, I know some people think yep. he's goofy, but you know yep. what? I'm 47 years old and doing a podcast, but some people think that's goofy. I'm, I'm fine with goofy. So goofy doesn't bother me. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm good. We're good with we're good with Goofy here, so that's good. Um, so before we get into predictions again, I keep saying we're going to get into them, and we don't. Um, Alabama, North Carolina yesterday. What did you think, real quickly? Well, I've had a day to digest it. You know, for, for, first of all, regardless of how the game plays out, regardless if this kid played good or this kid didn't. I mean, you had to know going in, we, we were highly unlikely to beat North Carolina. I mean, you know, we have kind of one kid on our roster that can play for them, and and all 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 thirteen of them can play for us. So, I mean, you kind of know going in how it's going to go, and we didn't get blown out. I mean, we were down by quite a bit uh, for a little bit of the second half, but but we didn't get blown out. Uh, I thought the effort was pretty good. Uh, in the end, we got killed on the boards. We need to get used to seeing that when we play somebody that's good uh, like Carolina. Uh, I thought Petty had his best game. He certainly did scoring-wise. I thought Javion Davis played well. Uh, but uh, we didn't get much from Kyra. Of course, he was going man-to-man against uh, a top-five pick in the NBA draft coming up. And uh, so understandable that Kyra would get beat a little bit. And uh, Herb Jones just had a, a real bad game, I think, handling the ball and and uh, missing layups. <laughs> So uh, I, overall, yesterday was like a C plus to a B minus for me. Uh, again, we didn't get blown out, we didn't get humiliated, we played hard, uh, but in the end, we shouldn't be upset that we lost to, to North Carolina at a, at a neutral site tournament. Uh, we play we play a, another good team today, and just three hours after we uh, broadcast, after we record this podcast, we play Iowa State, who's who's very good and who very well may beat us, and I think they're favored to beat us. But uh, but but we have a much more realistic shot against the Cyclones this afternoon. Yeah, and I think we're a three and a half point underdog in this game. So hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, um, we've won that game because it would be big. Oh. You we know, won. one thing I did. No, we didn't. One thing. One thing I did. Yeah, I can edit that later. Hell yeah! What a victory! <laughs> oh my God! What a terrible <laughs> loss. Um. <laughs> But uh, the one thing I did notice about the battle for Atlantis, unlike so many other preseason tournaments, in every game won. Uh, Oregon came back to beat Seton Hall. Uh, who beat Southern Miss? Somebody beat Southern Miss. Um, Michigan. And, of course, we lost in uh, Iowa State. Yep. And I can't remember who the other team was. Gonzaga. 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 Um, right. So, you know, all the favorites won, which is – you know, usually I'm for that. In this particular case, How it goes. we're the underdog, so I'm not as for it. Yeah. Um, That's why when okay. we do the prediction show, and this Getting is going to be the prediction show, the thing that I say almost every week on the prediction show is I think this team will beat that team because they have more good players. And you know, the favorite, the favorites normally win games, normally. I mean, not every time, 
that's why they play the games on on the field or on the court. Uh, but yeah, the favorites usually win. That's that the favorites usually have more good players than the other team does. That that simple. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, just just simple math. Yeah. Um, one more thing predictions. And because I'm sick, there is no segue. But I do, do want you to treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. Listening on the go? If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com backslash offers. And because people probably can't understand what the hell I'm saying, I'm going to do something special for DoorDash and just say DoorDash, 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 DoorDash. Like <laughs> extra mentions because people can't understand me right now. If I didn't just get finished eating two of the largest plates of food I've ever eaten in my life, I would be calling DoorDash right now because you just said DoorDash four times in a row. So, uh, yes, I, I look forward to being hungry again in a week, at which time I will utilize the DoorDash app. That's that's a very good call by you. But, you know, by the way, one more thing before we get into predictions, because I'm going to keep putting this off. Um, one more thing, one more thing. As For anybody who's followed this podcast, you know that I'm having Thanksgiving literally by myself today. I'm at... Uh, my house in Birmingham and my wife's in Qatar. My baby girl is in Auburn getting ready for the Alabama Auburn game with her grandparents. Um, and my other three children live in Ohio. My mom had ankle fusion surgery about a week ago. So she's laid up and my brother is having Thanksgiving with his family. So I did a, um, I've had, two pieces of pizza and an apple fritter so far for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I could, I could not be happier. Um, well, one thing everybody should be thankful for is that you're not infecting uh, your family with the Ebola virus or whatever you have. So one more thing for people to be thankful for. The Epizootis is what it's called. Oh, yeah. Um, so Jimmy prediction time. Prediction. And yep. listen, People are just going to have to take our word for it on the uh, Egg Bowl. We are prognosticating this game before it kicks off. If you're listening to it on Friday and you think we cheated, we didn't. Um, So just go ahead, Jimmy. Give me your prognostication. Well, I've really waffled on the Egg Bowl big time. First of all, it's it's, it's one of the best rivalries in the country that gets no ink because here are rivals that legitimately hate each other. Ole Miss and Mississippi State get in some sort of a pushing-shoving match before every game. It's ugly with dirty hits. I mean, I'm telling you, these two teams do not like each other. It's not, you know, Alabama and Auburn, you hardly ever see it. I mean, even as, as, as that's a famous rivalry, the Alabama-Auburn game is very rarely do you see cheap shots and fights. But Ole Miss and Mississippi State, oh, gosh, if, if there's not one, it's a surprise. I've kind of waffled because Mississippi State's been the better team most of the year, and they have a slightly better record. But it seems to me that Ole Miss has played better than Mississippi State as of late, even racking up impressive points and yardage totals against good shoe in Alabama, whereas Mississippi State is really turned into a pop-gun offense. Their, their offense just doesn't have much. But lucky for Mississippi State, 
here comes Ole Miss's bad defense. Um, I, I am gonna I'm gonna say Ole Miss wins this game, something like 27 to 24, Ole Miss. But I have no confidence in that pick at all because Mississippi State's been better most of the year and they're playing in Starkville. This is a real a coin flip to me. Ole Miss, believe it or not, may be playing for a bowl. There's talk that even though Ole Miss would finish 5-7 and seven with a win, uh, as usual, there won't be enough teams with winning records to fill up the bowls. So a handful of 5-7 and seven teams will be bowl-bound again, and Ole Miss inexplicably has a high APR score. So Ole Miss is also playing potentially for bowl eligibility as well. Uh, I say Ole Miss in a close one. But I think it's going to be tight, and it's really a coin flip game for me. You know, first of all, I, the line has moved from Mississippi State a three-point favorite to down to Mississippi State a one-point favorite. Um, I don't, again, I don't think that means a ton. Um, I'm with you for whatever reason. I like Ole Miss in this game. I guess the bigger question is if Mississippi State loses, then is Joe Moorhead fired? Uh, that's another, <laughs> everybody loves listening to prediction shows where, where the predictors say, I don't know, that's a coin flip for me, but it really is. I, I don't know. I, I, on the, I, I'll say, I'll say no, because it's year two and you just don't fire coaches in year two. But I, but where this might be an exception, this might be one of those situations, Luke, where if, if they do fire him, the coach is like, oh, thank goodness. I was so ready to leave that play. I, I, I doubt Moorhead is any happier with Starkville than they are with him. So it might be one of those uh, breakups where both sides are just like, you know, whew, glad that's over. Uh, so could be, but I'll just state as a general supposition that firing a coach in football after two years is pretty ridiculous because – it is unfair uh, to inherit uh, a, a previous staff's system and, and be given less than two seasons to recruit to your own system and change the program. Uh, it's just unfair, and there's this new way. And, and here's here's what's unfair when those that say, well, I mean, you know, Mississippi State's not going to win next year either, and, and you need to do what's the old axiom. I don't know if it's from – is it a volcanism from Star Trek or something? But uh, the – what must be done uh, tomorrow should be done today. Uh, and, and I get that. And I think that's logical as it relates to Moorhead. Cause yeah, I, I don't think he's going to win long-term either, but if, if we're all of a sudden comfortable in college football, if we're all of a sudden comfortable uh, firing coaches in, in the, after year two, what's left, there's only one move that's left and that's firing coaches after year one. And that's when everyone has gone officially bananas. So I, I, I don't like this. If, if Moorhead's fired two and he becomes like the fourth year two coach to get fired in this cycle, uh, gosh, I, I don't like where 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 it's trending. Of patience, we might not ever even discuss the word patience again if, if we're firing college coaches in less than two years. First of all, it's not a volcanism. I think it's the art of war, and I think it's <laughs> what what I mean. You were close. What must oh, be done eventually? What must what be must done, be done eventually, eventually? Must be done immediately. Um, must be done immediately. Okay. Well, I only missed a few words. 
Yeah, well, you only missed by a few words, and you attributed to a 1960s TV story, (laughs) TV show uh, from one of the more important books in all of humanity. (laughs) Humanity? Yeah. Uh, You know, I bet more people know who Spock is than Mao. Oh, there's no question. More people know who Spock is than Mao. But but Mao, it was written by Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Well, yeah, see, not, see, I didn't even it, see. I'm 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 trying to say I'm trying to say some guy named Mao wrote it. So <laughs> <laughs> you've made my point. I'll yeah, it, dude, it, this it, fellow's name T T S Z U. Is that right? T S Z U. I think it's T Z U. I think T Z U. Okay. Yeah, uh, but anyway, well, I, I, you know, it's like uh, Jimmy. You know how I think uh, was it the famous famous Chinese generals. Um, General So said, "Mama called." <laughs> no, this does remind this does remind me what you did does remind me of um, my ex-wife. Once we were talking about something in a car, and she and I, I was talking about how somebody got a new job, but they're stressed out about it or something. And she goes, "You know, what's well, like George Washington said: with great power comes great responsibility." And we drove for about 30 <laughs> seconds. And I said, George Washington didn't say that. Peter Parker's Uncle Ben said Peter that. Parker's Spider-Man's, <laughs> Peter Parker's Uncle Spider-Man's <laughs> uncle said that. What the hell are you talking about? Uh, uh, uncle Ben we said divorced, that, correct. We divorced. We divorced. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm going to go. I'm with you. I'm going to go with old Miss here, too. And... Wouldn't you know it, we're wasting a lot of time talking about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, so I'm going to run through just a couple of more games, and then we'll get into the Iron Bowl. All right, Wisconsin and Minnesota. I like Wisconsin. They have more good players. I realize Minnesota has been the feel-good story of the Big Ten. It's hard not to pull for P.J. Fleck. He's a character and an interesting dude. Uh, I get that everybody likes the Gophers. It's the game day game. Uh, I'm sure Minnesota is thrilled to have game day there. and That's all cool and, and all. But uh, but in the end, uh, Wisconsin has more good players, in particular Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Jonathan Taylor goes out with a bang. Wisconsin wins and uh, will play Ohio State in the Big Ten championship game. Speaking of Ohio State, Ohio State and Michigan. Uh, Ohio State's going to win because they're they're the better team, and again, they have more good players than Michigan has. But I will say this: based on how Michigan has played over the last month, I can't help but wonder if this isn't Michigan's best chance to beat Ohio State. They're playing well. If they're ever going to do it, maybe Saturday's the day. If they're ever going to do it, but Ohio State has been the best team in college football in 2019, so I can't. I can't ever. I can't say Ohio State's going to lose. Uh, I think they're just too good. If if Ohio State loses at all in 2019, it will be in the playoffs. Totally agree with you. Um, I want to pick Michigan, but I can't do it. Um, I'll let you go first. So have at it. Well. Uh, this is what I think is going to happen. This is how, I mean, this is the script as I see it. I, I see Auburn getting off to a very fast start. I see uh, Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, as usual, following his scripted plays. Uh, Auburn will rep it to death. They'll be very proficient at those plays. They're going to come out of the gate with. The home crowd will be vicious. Our poor team is going to feel like, you know, the the, the Lions uh, or, or, you know, the, the 
you know, the lions being fed to the, the Romans of the Colosseum or see, I've screwed up two traditional <laughs> historic statements in you, one podcast. So I, is I, that I, how I, that I, went? That, that you fed lions did, did the to the, the people? The I think the Romans ate the lions in the Colosseum in front of all Man, of those Romans were tough little earth. bastards. <laughs> they were. They'd eat those lions alive. Uh, but that's what our, that's exactly what our kids are going to feel like. And uh, it, it, it's going to be a vicious environment. Auburn will get off to a fast start. Nick Nick even has called it a shit show to the media. Nick says, you got you got to survive this the, the shit show. And, and, and that, that's what's going to happen to start the game. Auburn will, will play well early. The crowd will be into it big time. Uh, and I can see Alabama falling behind. And whether Alabama wins the game or not, is going to be about the poise and demeanor that Mac Jones has, uh, not panicking, staying with it, uh, let the coaches make the adjustments. Once the adjustments are made, the better team will start coming back, and the better team is Alabama because Alabama has more good football players than Auburn has. The team will start coming back, and I think Alabama wins this game in the second half behind a very steady performance from Mac Jones, who – Gets the ball in the hands of Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddell, and Devontae Smith. And as much as it might look like it's in Mac Jones' stat column, the game is won by Judy and Waddell and Smith and Ruggs. Alabama wins 21-20 to with the defense holding on at the end. And uh, we we finally have our first uh, big win, really, in just about a calendar year. Oh, that would be our first big win in a calendar year. You're, well, yeah, I guess that's right. Oklahoma, I would say since we beat Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl. It'd yeah. be our biggest win since beating Oklahoma in the Orange Bowl last year in the uh, true. final. True, true, true. Um, All right. And you're Jimmy, I'm I'm going to go the other way. I, I just don't believe this is our year. I don't – I think this is a game where a lot of guys – I'm picking Auburn. Auburn. I'm picking Auburn. And I'm picking I'm Auburn because I'm – driving- Glad my wife is driving so I can immediately drink a beer. Well, I think this game is more important to Auburn. And people say, that's crazy. We have so much on the line. We do. But I just get the sense that we have a lot of juniors with their eyes on the prize at the next level. I get the sense we have too many injuries. I mean, it's not, that's not the sense. That's the facts. That's um, the fact. And I think that Gus Malzahn, is, he is going to sell out for this game not necessarily to cement his status in Auburn uh, as, as the longtime head coach, but just to prove people wrong whether or not he leaves a video. Um, and I'm also concerned. I started thinking about this earlier today. One thing that worries me about this game is Auburn has a lot more kids from the state of Alabama that appreciate the rivalry than we do in important positions. True. I mean, our quarterback is from Jackson. Quarterback. Um, their right. quarterback is a, is a the son of an Iron Bowl legend. Um, their running back, assuming it's Booby Whitlow, which it should be, um, is from Lafayette, Alabama. Sort of a true underdog Auburn kind of running back. He's not great, but he's not good enough. Um, Seth Williams from Tuscaloosa. He knows what this means. Uh, you, you just go down their list of guys – uh, Marlon Davidson from Greenville. I mean, when you think about our best players, how many outside of Anthony Jennings 
are from the state of Alabama. He's from Dadeville. He knows. Um, but, you know, our our running backs aren't uh, – you can call only me Ruggs. if you want to say Brian Robinson, I, I guess. But Ruggs is the only uh, starter uh, on the offense that's from the state of Alabama. I think it's just Ruggs, right? True. Uh, Deontay uh, Brown. Ruggs and Deontay Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but the point is, it's not many of them. And I'm just worried that this team has not necessarily thrown in the towel, but I don't know that they have what it takes to go into Jordan-Hare, which is going to be – I mean, I don't think the environment's going to be as raucous as it was in 1989 or 2017 or 2013. But I think it's going to be just enough with a new quarterback and a bunch of guys who are looking at the NFL, looking at we still have a chance at the national championship to have this game end up being an upset. And um, I think Auburn wins 24 to 13. 24 to 13. Oh, well, I hope you're wrong. But that wasn't. Nope. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> hopes I'm wrong more than me. Every, every, everything says reasonable. And, and one more thing that I did, I, I said that Nick Saban called it a shit show. He actually called it a, sh- a, a shit storm. So that's three quotes I've screwed up in one podcast from the what must be done tomorrow can be done today that I screwed up and Lions and Romans and the Coliseum. I screwed that up. I can't even quote Nick correctly when he's cursing. Well, do you you know who said this? This is one of my all-time favorites. Never put off till tomorrow what you can put off till the day after tomorrow. (laughs) You know who said that? That's what I'll operate. You just did. No. no, Mark Twain said it, but I thought it was great. Mark Twain said that. Oh, that yeah. yeah, Twain was good with those quotes. I would be the antithesis of Mark Twain, apparently. I'm the opposite of Mark Twain. <laughs> He's really good with quotes. I'm like, apparently, the world's worst, or at least when suffering the effects uh, of a tryptophan. Did I say that right? Yeah, Tryptoph- tryptophan. Tryptophan. Yep. Apparently, it screws up my quote machine. Well, and also, tell the truth, the only reason you know about tryptophan is because of Seinfeld. Seinfeld, correct. Me correct. too, but I just want to be sure we're on the same page there. Um, well, you know, Jimmy, I, I would love to see you in a courtroom when you're citing cases and your your memory's just <laughs> as bad with that. And you're like, Your Honor, I, I want to refer to you the case of finders versus keepers. Uh, <laughs> that's a Simpsons line, by the way. But, <laughs> I'm going to use that. Right. I got a court Monday. I got court Monday. I'm using it. All right, guys. Well, we hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But I, I hope just, you're wrong, I, too. But uh, it's, maybe it's I'm not going to be easy, folks. It's not going to be easy. And for everybody that thinks it's easy, if we do win, there's going to be a week-long discussion about who belongs in the fourth spot in the playoff, Alabama, Utah, or Oklahoma. Let me tell you two teams that wouldn't beat Auburn at Auburn Saturday, and that's Utah and Oklahoma. They wouldn't That's win true. that. They wouldn't win this game. I wouldn't. But I wouldn't pick them to win. And just being non-prejudiced, I wouldn't pick Utah or Oklahoma to beat Auburn at Auburn. Nope. All right, everybody. Next time we speak, it'll be post Iron Bowl. So let's all cross our fingers and roll tide. Roll tide. Did you just have the pause for drama, or what was that? I was thinking of I was thinking of saying some, some other thing, and then I decided not you, to. Well, you, you well, you listen, you're zero for three. I mean, it didn't exactly. Well, it didn't until you just said we won't be talking to you again until after the Iron Bowl. That's the first time that it kind of hit me like, 
oh man, the next podcast we'll, we will we will know. It's kind of like knowing the autopsy results. We'll know the results of the autopsy. <laughs> and they were killed by this. I'm sorry to let you know that yeah. we were killed by Auburn Derek voodoo. Brown. Yeah, Derek, Derek Brown killed. Derek Brown. Derek Brown, cause of death, cause of death, Derek Brown. In Jordan hair with the candlestick. (laughs) All right, everybody, roll tide again. Roll tide.